This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Childhood bullying, the number one correlation at the time. I can't tell you that's Mm -hmm, what it is today, mm -hmm. but it was about six years. The number one correlation is poor job satisfaction for the parents. Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, and with each episode, it is my mission to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to build healthy habits and create a life you love. Now, let's get to the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Habits You Love. Today's guest is Mr. Tony Fitzgerald, who is very multifaceted. He was a firefighter of 27 years, now a mortgage lender, and he has his own podcast called Fire Up Your Life. So welcome, Tony. Thank you. I'm excited for this conversation. Absolutely. Again. All yeah. right. So what Habits You Love, we believe that everyone has a story and everyone's story is important. So let's start with just a little bit more about you. Well, um, I was born in New Jersey. I've been in Florida since I was five years old. So I've oh, seen so you're a native. lots you're a and lots of changes. That's right. <laughs> I lived in, lived in uh, Nokomis and went to Venice High School and ended up becoming a firefighter for the city of Venice. Uh, I was a, you know, in the fire service for about 27 years, but 21 years mm-hmm. for the city of Venice Fire Department. And I was an officer there. And I also, um, I taught firefighters to become firefighters. I taught or I taught a layperson to become firefighters. I mm-hmm. taught firefighters become officers, officers become chiefs, and uh, just really loved pouring into people uh, while I was doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, I retired in, well, I pensioned out in 2014. Uh, I continued to volunteer and teach after that. Uh, still a firefighter, still have my certificates. But I went into lending in 2015. I was getting a mortgage through... Uh, a company, a friend of mine, Corey Banks. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, I know that you're leaving the fire department. Um, maybe you could come help me grow this team. And I looked at him cross-eyed and I'm like, well, I kicked down doors and rescue babies. What's a, <laughs> what's a mortgage? So, yeah, uh, yeah. so I made that decision. I was going to become a chief, a district chief somewhere. Um, and uh, ended up making the decision mm-hmm. to switch careers, mm-hmm. but still keep my feet in the fire, mm-hmm, the fire department. Mm-hmm. And then tell us a little bit more about what you're really currently striving for with this ministry, with public safety and getting into, into fire departments and stuff like that. Well, you know, I felt very, uh, I have been feeling a longing to be back somehow in the fire service. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know what it looked like. Um, when you're in a career for that long, it's ingrained in you. It's mm-hmm. your identity. Um, and I just didn't know, I didn't want to go, I don't think I want to be running calls at 2 AM anymore. You know, I'm okay with that, but I did feel that all of the stuff that I've learned from the private sector can really help firefighters. And, uh, I felt very called, uh, one day to step out and I knew I was going to do a podcast, but I just didn't know it was going to be. And I felt called to have the podcast about helping people heal. Mm-hmm. from trauma or connecting people to that. And uh, I didn't even know where it was going to go. I just felt, hey, I had to step out. So as I've stepped out, I've had so many great people on that have led me down the road to remember that, you know, post-traumatic stress is a problem and mm-hmm. compassion fatigue is a problem. 
and I was meeting with the local church with Bayside Church and uh, uh, someone asked me uh, if I'd met uh, Pastor Stan at the Bayside Church and I didn't know. And he said, they said, well, the, he's our chaplain. And it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, oh, my gosh. What a great this way. This is how you connect the two. To get back. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know where I was going. Yeah. And, and Yeah, we don't yeah. always have to. Yeah. So it sounds to me you've always kind of taken risks. You're like, yes. you, you know, I think we're very similar in the fact that we just we step. <laughs> we don't know where the next step is going to go. Like we're kind yeah. of in this like fog of a field. And we're like, well, I'm just going to take one step and see if I can take another step. I'm very thankful that I have an understanding wife because she sees me <laughs> take these steps and she's like, oh, yeah, OK, I think um, I'm going to trust you. Yeah. My boyfriend, we're very opposite. I'm very yeah. serial entrepreneur. I'm very like risk, risk, risk. And he's like, what are you doing, Kayla? So I think it's good to maybe have a grounded yeah. person that can kind of pull you back when you need every once in a while. I agree. I agree. Uh, I think to be a serial entrepreneur like that, you just, you're an ideas person Mm. and these things, your mind is just constantly coming up with new stuff. Yes. I'm like, Like, can you turn off for one day? (laughs) I don't need any more ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. So when it came to wanting to start your podcast, because you said you wanted to help people heal. And I know obviously being a firefighter for that long, you see a ton of stuff. Would you say your desire to help people heal came more from personal experience or from the job or a combination of both? Yeah, I would say a combination of both. And sometimes sometimes it takes a very long time to recognize that you have something that you mm. didn't know you had, mm. you know, and um, and throughout the years of firefighting, uh, obviously we're exposed to incredible amount of trauma. And mm. just the worst possible situations, which makes makes my day to day a pretty good day, because whenever I'm going through something, I just know somebody has mm. it so much worse. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can simply like a little silver lining in the absolutely in, in that job. It, it Yeah, it helps me, you know, make things be more grateful, be yes, very much more stay grateful. humble. Yeah. And and I would tell people some stories, you know, that we can share some of the stories mm-hmm. and. But I would tell people like some of the worst stuff, the hardest stuff to go through. And then people would say to me, how, how are you okay? Mm. How, how are you still okay? And I never really thought about it. Like, I'm just, I'm just okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I never really understood um, until more recently that there's a lot of power to that and what. I did with myself without knowing is I grew from my traumas Mm -hmm. instead of having massive amount of post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. I had post-traumatic growth, which inspired me to start writing a book, Mm -hmm. which I had the idea of writing a book for about two years. And I finally put the first (laughs) chapter on this year. Yeah. And now I've got three chapters. Your idea came and sometimes your ideas don't always come to fruition right away, but... They're, well, they're locked in there. <laughs> it's it's the imposter syndrome yeah. that kept me from mm-hmm. writing that book. Mm-hmm. Who are you to write a book? Yeah. Who's going to read your book? Yeah. You know, people will when it's out. Just got to finish it now. When a friend of mine said, well, who was Jocko Willink before he mm-hmm. wrote a book? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, granted, different careers. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, maybe someone's going to really take some powerful stuff out yeah. of that. And I say Jocko Willink because I really love his books. And he's, you know, his extreme ownership is really helped helped mm. me and mm-hmm. you know i need to read it yeah. i always reference it but i actually have never read it you gotta <laughs> read my it. boyfriend's writing he kind of tells me stuff but i know it's extremely important to take extreme ownership yeah um so when you said you know you always were like i'm okay was that coming from a place of awareness or unawareness because i feel like it could go either way yeah You'd be like um, oh i'm fine but like you really you're just really disassociated from yourself well that and that's you know is it disassociation yeah. is it you know and i would always sit there and go when is this going to creep its ugly head mm-hmm. and affect my life mm-hmm. you know um and i'd say that you know some of the uh, the weight gain or weight loss i think that i've struggled throughout the years with a little bit of weight fluctuation mm-hmm. i would say that's probably where it manifested mm-hmm. most and 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 i had childhood trauma you know just like everyone um, else. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I was molested as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it was not something that 
you know, I talked about, I didn't tell my parents until I was mm -hmm. 40 something years old. My parents wow. were so devastated, Wow, you know, but I just obviously multiple ways devastated yeah. to happen, devastated. Yeah. You didn't feel like you could share. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wow. I just knew it happened to me mm. and you know, I think that it's just something that you have to, you, you could either make it decapitate mm -hmm. you or mm -hmm. cut your legs out from mm -hmm. under you, or you can choose yeah. to grow from it. And luckily yeah. I did, you know. So um, did you, were they the first people you ever told? Um, uh, I think I'd told, uh, you know, other very close people mm -hmm. to me, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, but it was never a poor me statement. Yeah. But I just, I think I told my parents mainly because they needed, I, I just wanted them to understand that no matter what's happening, I'm okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, cause wow. it, it was probably a struggle that we we're all going through at the time. I'm like, listen, I know that you don't know this happened, but it did. Mm -hmm. And I'm here mm -hmm. and I'm okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Would you so. say you were ever you know, engaging in toxic, bad habits, behaviors to deal sure. with it. Yeah. At what Absolutely. point in your life? Well, you know, I, um, I've always been a rescuer mm. and most of my relationships were some kind of rescue mission. Mm. Right. Yeah. You're a fixer. And, uh, yeah. I'm a fixer, yeah. you know, and there wasn't, you know, my, I, I'm, I say this, I'm maritally challenged. Right. And, uh, I've, I've been married. This is my fourth marriage. Wow. You know? Yeah. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, me needing to fix others, you know, stemmed from that. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm thankful uh, that, you know, I met someone that I didn't need to fix. And I really, uh, the difference between these marriages is that God is the central focus of this marriage in our life. Mm. And, uh, it doesn't take two, it takes three, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and, um, but previously, you know, um, it certainly led me into relationships that I should have never been in, but mm. I don't look back at those in a negative light Yeah, because yeah. I've learned from them. Yeah. And I have two children from them mm. and I've always thought, People have asked, well, would you ever, what would you ever do to do it again? I'd have to go put myself in that position again, because mm -hmm. I would never want to change the fact that I have mm -hmm. two amazing mm -hmm. kids from it. And, and I have a, a stepdaughter from this relationship mm -hmm. and, and, uh, I love kids and I've been able to influence even, you know, my, um, I've raised, helped raise a lot of kids. Doesn't mean yeah. I'm a great dad, but I'm experienced, <laughs> right. You know, but, um, we, my my oldest son, Gavin, from my first marriage, um, I helped raise uh, his sisters um, mm. and we had a tragedy. Um, his sister was hit and run by a drunk driver mm. um, when she was 19. She was walking across the street. Oh, my God. And hit and run. So that was like, you know, I. I people say, yeah, but it's a stepdaughter. Uh, no, oh like, I, you know, I've, wow. heard, I've heard I'm like, well, oh, no, like, sensitive. yeah, you know, I remember wow. having to tell. Gavin. Mm. I remember watching actually his mom tell Gavin on the phone and I burst out into just, Oh my gosh. I was Ooh. wailing. Yeah. Wailing. That is intense. Know? And my 12 year old son had to hold me to tell me it was okay. Mm. But I was just so devastated mm -hmm. that it happened and that mm -hmm. he lost us. It was just horrible. Yeah. You know? So yeah. lots, not lots, but you know, trauma. Yeah. Everyone goes through trauma. Right. You've clearly chosen paths to where you you like to help people in every in every way you're firefighting your even your mortgage lending is a way of helping people yeah you know your podcast now so do you think that desire to be of service and impact people where do you think that comes from that's a, that's a good question you know my dad worked his bones his knuckles to the to the bone mm. and i watched him work and uh watched him you know, he did, he didn't struggle. He did a really good job for himself, but man, he worked yeah, day in, he, day out. But he couldn't have a life to yeah. enjoy. And mowing lawns and landscaping. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he passed away uh, six, uh, six years ago and or 2016. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just watching him as a kid work so hard and watching my mom work so hard and, and 
we had enough, but, but we had little, we started with very little, you know, and we were never rich. We, you know, we struggled, mm -hmm. but I think the, the first, uh, I didn't know that I wanted to help people until I had signed up to go into the military. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. You like signed I signed up? up to go into the Marine Corps at the time. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. I'm like, I got to go do something. I just yes. don't know what. And I don't, I know that it's not that, you know, I know that I don't want to do what my dad uh, did. Yeah, yeah. I need to find something that has a career and a pension or, you know, retirement. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and when I did that, I also realized, well, Hey, you're about ready to go make this big thing. And, there's this fire department behind you, right behind my house that I've been watching for years. <laughs> and, um, you know, maybe you should go volunteer there to go expose yourself to some fears because, oh, one of the things you'll learn about me is over the t I've had so many different jobs. <laughs> People I probably look to. at me and go, I no, you to. didn't. Yeah, no, you didn't. Yeah. Right. Let me guess. You did that too. I'm like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was a cable guy and, uh, I had, I had my ladder up one time really high and I just so afraid of heights. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it. So all these things made me go volunteer. I'm like, what's something stupid I can do? Yeah. That will test like, my I'm fears. Gonna go, I'm going to go volunteer at the fire department. <laughs> and at the time it was, uh, I had, I'd been on the job for two weeks, no training yet, except for how to put on my air pack and how to pull a hose and where the stuff was on an equipment. And I had my first fire and we, and I got in the back of that truck and it was where the open cabs and I was riding backwards and yeah. the open cab and um you know it was older fire equipment because it was a volunteer department and man that <laughs> and then I looked out and I see this giant column of smoke and yeah. there was just something that clicked it was exhilarating. that I realized that this was what I was going to do mm, for the rest wow. of my career you know and I got out of the delayed entry program because I'm like okay found my calling mm -hmm, let's do this mm -hmm. and I went to become an EMT and just the fact of of knowing that you can impact somebody's life in such a strong way so immediately mm -hmm. um that i think was what really yeah. sent me on that path yeah that's amazing that realization yeah yeah because yeah, you go fight a fire or stopping a fire preventing or what firefighters don't just fight fires they show up for so many different situations yes water rescue yeah uh, I started the Marine Rescue Division of the Venice Fire Department mm. because of a crazy call. Um, and we've rescued someone out of a tree. <laughs> you just wouldn't think. Like a know? cat out of a tree almost. Yeah, but it was, yeah. it was a guy in a tree after a storm. He oh. went up there and he went to go finish cutting down a part of a tree. And that tree oh. hit the power line and it charged the, charged the tree. Power line never stopped. But if he had went off... If he had jumped off the tree or or climbed down and he touched the ground, he would have died. Really? So he didn't want to move. He was oh holding his, gosh. he was using his shirt to try to protect himself yeah. from the tree and the power line never shut down. Oh my gosh. Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Someone to right? come get you with a long ladder. <laughs> it's, it's, well, no, if I put a ladder up, we're going to, we're going to also do the same thing. How did he get out? That's what the best thing about firefighting is, yeah. is that you have to be such a good problem solver, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it makes you just tap into these ideas, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I loved about it. We, we threw him up a rope. We showed him how to tie it. We had him climb down to a certain portion and then jump free because we didn't have time. It was going to take FPNL a long time to get there to shut down the transformer oh my and we didn't touch a tree he didn't touch the ground and everything was good wow that's a crazy story but you, yeah i mean th those are the things that that's happen like such you know? an adrenaline yeah. though it's like we've had I a, like that we've had works a guy, well under pressure on your resume yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's actually you know it's funny because in the loan business People are like, oh, you're still putting out fires, huh? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is. It's the truth. Yeah. We, we've had we've had a person um, mm -hmm. that was working as a mechanic on a car and he got exhausted and fell into the engine compartment and we had to try to get him out. And he's kind of like jello and, in and a way. the hood. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I mean, he was like stuck under the hood. Well, the hood was still up, but yeah. he, you know, so there's just the weird, the, you know, we, like, <laughs> we've, we've run on, you know, suicide. We yeah. run on, we run on, um, cardiac arrest, 
GI bleeds. Like mm, there's crazy. You know? Anywhere there's an ambulance, there's usually yeah. a fire a fire truck. Well, and they're it's the same now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's you're a fire medic, so to say. You're yeah. a firefighter EMT because they don't want to pay for enough people to be on the engine at once. Mm. So they have to split the duties mm -hmm. because it takes, you know, I mean, think about it. If it, me and one guy are on an engine and we show up to your house mm -hmm. and I have to save you and your babies, it's me and a guy in an engine. Someone's <laughs> yeah. got to, someone's got to, you know, start the pump. We got to pull the hose. We got to go inside. We got to fight the fire. We got to save the people. Mm. And, and while we have other people coming, we may be the first ones on yeah. scene for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and that it ambulance. It comes down to minutes, seconds. Right. And that yeah. ambulance to be there with two yeah. extra people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they can, you know, help them out when, when we come out, you know, so. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it's I all about mean, manpower. 27 years of doing that kind of stuff and then transitioning to like, were you like a desk job essentially? Well, Yes and no, because I get out. I'm a marketer. Okay. Okay. And, and uh, I, you know, have a team that does yeah. a lot of the desk portions. Okay. Yeah. So um, where I was going was like. Yeah. It's a relational how business. How was the transition between those two things? It it was it was tough transition because um. So get out of the fire department. Don't know what I'm doing. Um taking exams and stuff to become mm -hmm. a, a chief somewhere else, you know? And I start this job and about six months after retirement, I have a panic attack mm -hmm. and I'm going, okay, I'm in bed going, is this, is this that male thing that men do yeah. when they're having a heart attack that are denying I'm having a heart attack or yeah. am I having a panic mm -hmm. attack? What is this? And it finally subsided. Cause of course I, uh, you know all the things. I, I convinced do. myself yeah. it wasn't a heart attack. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't, right? Um, went and got checked up and was like, no, you're fine. You had a panic attack. And mm -hmm. and it was a whole I loss of identity. Yeah. You know, when you're leaving a service-oriented service oriented place, like anyone that leaves anything for a long time will have an identity issue, mm -hmm. right? We talked about mm -hmm. that. But when you have a uniform... It is a little bit different because there's a higher calling. Mm. A lot of times you feel a higher calling in that job. So you also lose, lose that higher calling. Yeah, you know? purpose. And I would show up in a uniform doing an inspection and everybody's like, hey, it's the firefighters. Like, <laughs> hey, you, you know, all of a sudden I'm a loan officer showing up and they're like, who are you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's very different. And I had to figure out who I was going to be in that job. Yeah. I mean, I just want to point out that, you know. I think as women, we put a lot of pressure on our identities in the world. And I, as a male, I definitely wanted to get your perspective on, yeah, on how men feel the same way too. I mean, we do. They're usually the career. It's like their identity is usually in a career, I would say. Whereas women are like career, mom, wife, friend, daughter, you know, they, I don't know. We just put so much pressure on ourselves. But yeah, I just didn't know how you navigated that transition and how you yeah. went on to the next and, we're okay with mentally, emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. My identity was definitely father, you know, uh, Jesus follower. Um, and you know, and, but I really hyper, uh, I put a lot of my identity that I was firefighter. You mm -hmm. know? So losing that was losing doing that every day, mm -hmm. even though I'm still part of that fraternity and I was still teaching yeah. firefighter. So I was able to, help teach people to be that you know uh it you know men go through it just as much mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and even when you know now now that women are in careers and like with my wife she has a full-time career and she also does a, a good she she loves the house to be clean more than i do <laughs> so she does a lot of the cleaning but it's pressure on me too because i i don't want her to come home and feel like she's mm -hmm. alone in that you know mm -hmm. so i think we all share some of those pressures and yeah, identities. Um, yeah. But to change that, I just had to figure out who I was going to be in this career. And it took me a while. And uh, I'm like, well, how do I stand out? Okay. I've already got good at loans. Like we do that really well. You should, if you're in this business, mm -hmm. be able to do your job. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But how do you stand out? Mm. So what I realized is I recreated myself. Which you can do at any time. Yep. And now I can also teach other people how to recreate themselves. Mm -hmm. And if they're entering this field like realtors, I know how to tap into who you are 
to bring that out, put it on your bio, and then put it also on your tongue so that you can tell other people. Mm. Because sometimes people don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, I was thinking yeah. it was an easy career, yeah. and, you know, like, yeah. well, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when you really pull people out, uh, pull the, the, the why of not just why they exist, live and breathe, but mm. the why of why, why do you choose this mm. to, to support the living and breathing mm-hmm. and your kids and your family? Uh, to bring that out, because if you, you know, in, in this job, as it is a sales job, it's the, the you've got to have just great relationships. And how can everyone, how can anyone know that you're the right person if you don't even know why you're mm, doing it? Exactly. So that was Or what, think you are yourself. Yeah. It's like, you got to, yeah. you got to have belief in yourself first. Yeah. So that's what I really thought I brought to the table. So I ended up becoming a John Maxwell performance coach and ended up taking every real estate class that I could yeah. learn so that I could teach other people um, how to do that. Um, there is this statistic that one of my CEOs told me and childhood bullying the number one correlation at the time i can't tell you that's Mm -hmm, what it is today mm -hmm. but it was about six years i heard this six five five years ago i heard this parent job satisfaction the busy fall season is right around the corner and you might be looking for wholesome convenient meals to get you through those jam-packed days factor is america's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and they can help you fuel up fast with chef prepared dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door you'll save time eat healthy and stay on track with your goals whether you're looking for calorie conscious options or needing an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best for the rest of the summer, you can choose from 34 plus weekly meals ready to eat in two minutes. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, the prepping, and the cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Head to factormeals.com habits50 and use code habits50 to get 50% off your order. That's code habits50 at factormeals.com habits50 to get 50% off. The number one correlation is poor job satisfaction for the parents. And, and we can paint that picture. Hmm. You know, you come home, you're unhappy with your job, and, and maybe you're not terribly treating your children wrong, but it's enough. Oh, so you mean parent-child bullying? No. Or... Now that kid is neglected or hurt, and he goes and bullies other or oh, she. Oh, okay. Know, they so go he's and bully. the bullier right. or she. Yeah. So parents okay. of bullies, off the number one correlation is the parent's job satisfaction. Wow. And I'm like, bing, 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 bing. That bing. makes sense. And yeah. to me, I'm like, well, you know what? I, I can help with that because mm. I know at the time, like I know a lot of unhappy realtors, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I can't tell you that their kids are being, you know, bu- being yeah. bullies. But I can tell you that if I know that this down here, if I can work over here, right. I can't ever tell you if it's ever corrected. Anything. Right, right. But if I know that there's a problem caused by something, I'm certainly going to try to tackle Start it at the root. <laughs> yeah. So so my job was. I felt my new job was, yeah, I did pre-approvals and I did loans. My job was to pour into people in the real estate industry or the loan industry to help them Mm. be really good at this and be happy Mm. in this job. Mm -hmm. I love that you take everything like one step deeper. You know what I mean? Like everything you do, you're like, I'm not just a loan officer. I'm going to, how else can I find a way to make this even more empowering? You know what I mean? So that's really cool. I like that you do that. Yeah. Yeah. You bring that up. When I started firefighting, I was 90, it was 92, 93. I was at my career or 91. I started 93. I started with city Venice. And while there were computers, it's not like there were everywhere (laughs) today. There was just, we didn't have them in high school. You know, I had one at home and I had to learn how to operate a computer for reporting and Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, I didn't know how to use word document. Yeah. (laughs) So I decided, you know, I'm going to go build the computer from scratch so that I can understand the computer and then upload the software so that I can understand the software. And that is how I've always done stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You take it, just take it one step further, which is good. Yeah. Cause I think most people just, 
what's the word blindly go into work and they're like, okay, I'm just yeah. gonna go do my job and then leave. And they're not really satisfied or fulfilled. So yeah. Fulfillment yeah. is very important. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we all strive for, even though we don't know it. Right. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. We say we don't need it, but we do. And, uh, I saw this thing that I think you'd like to, um, I can't remember the guy, but there's a TED talk on ADD. Okay. And the guy talks about how he was, um, he was, uh, he just kind of goes through his life. He goes, you know, when I was in high school, I took up band and I went into band and I wanted to play the guitar. So next week, you know, dad buys me a guitar and two weeks later, I'm, I'm doing the drums and then I'm doing this. And he just talked about how he just kept moving and trying stuff and jumping stuff. And, and he was talking about, instead of attention deficit syndrome, he was saying it's uh, a attention different, which I'd never heard before. Mm. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Another way to change our meaning or thinking. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But the people that have that, which I do, you know, or did, it doesn't affect me in a negative way. It made me never, if I'm bored with something or it's not working out, I'm moving on to the next job yep. the next job i'm gonna try this i'm gonna try that i'm oh let me go look at that let me go try that and it allows us to as the attention different to find the fulfilling career instead of just picking one right. and not being fulfilled for right 25 yep. years when you're 18 you, you have know? to pick what you want to do for the next 50 years which yeah. is insane and how many people do you know that have actually done that no not many you know i mean older generation I, yeah yeah i've seen some people that picked a career and maybe they, maybe they love it. Uh, I can't judge that. But at (laughs) the same time, they stayed in it. They didn't do a lot of other stuff. I think that's some comfort. Yeah. It's um, some security. It's yeah. Just, so not judging either way, but right, I just right. thought that was a very yeah. interesting TED talk. You got to go find yeah, that. I remember go the find guy, that. Yeah. but I think if you search up attention different, you'll yeah, probably find it. Yeah, attention different yeah. disorder or whatever. Yeah, you no call disorder, it. just attention. Oh, different. okay, no disorder. Yep, okay, we're take that <laughs> not <whole>, labeling. <laughs> yeah, trying to take that. It was oh, a really I love good that. TED yeah. talk. Awesome. So you have a podcast. It's called Fire Up Your Life, which is very fitting. Yeah. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit more about like the purpose of why you wanted to start that because you're already helping so much. It's like. I think between you and I, it's like we help people, but that's, I don't know. It's like a never ending thing we can constantly pursue. Like, okay, what else can yeah. I do? Or I can write yeah. a book and do a podcast speaking, you know, so. Right. You know, you mentioned something about always seeing yourself somewhere bigger, mm. like whatever the next biggest thing is. What is, I don't even know where, you know, I don't even know where it takes you. Mm. But you step out in faith to do it. And for me, I, I just knew that I wanted to do a podcast because I like to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and I like a to lot listen. Of knowledge and yeah. And and I want to find out more mm-hmm. and learn. So I thought I was going to do it more about loans and mortgages. I'm like, that's boring. You know? <laughs> I'm like, that's, you can only talk so much about that. Um, I do enough video content about that anyway. Mm-hmm. So. It was really, I think I was thinking about doing a podcast for probably two years before I started, you know? Two years seems to be your threshold, isn't it? Wasn't it like thought about a book for two years? Yeah. Thought about a podcast for two years? It might be. (laughs) What were you thinking about two years ago? You might have stumbled upon that, you know? I'll have to think about that. It might be be something that we've unlocked here. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just, I thought about it, thought I actually have it set up, you know, I've got uh, some green room set up in my office. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just, it's kind of hard to just do it on your own. It's great to come here and be able to film it with a great production crew to help, you know, so, so I didn't really have that ability until I met Max Mm Shoe Productions and met Christina and Kareem and, uh, and, you know, decided that, okay, let's, let's do this. We talked about it probably for six months. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I just didn't know what I want to talk yeah. about. And um, I left, uh, I have a men's, uh, I belong to a men's group on Monday mornings. And I just left there one day very convicted um, of, of helping hurting people, mm. of letting people know that everybody struggles, no matter how, mm. how famous, no matter how much you look like you're doing just great. You've struggled to get there. You're struggling while you're there yep. and you're going to struggle. Yeah. Like it, it, life is not without struggles. Pressure, you know, pressure makes diamonds. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that so many people can have FOMO or really look at the other side and just feel really terrible and enter depression and just think that, oh my gosh, these other people have it so good, but I don't. Mm -hmm. And there are people that will commit suicide mm -hmm. and, and that's a very strong reason mm -hmm. why i did this i don't want anyone to be left behind mm -hmm. i don't want anyone to feel alone that is the worst mm -hmm. place to be yeah on the planet yeah and uh and it just evolved like the first few i'm like hey by the way i'm not a psychiatrist a psychologist i'm not you know yes uh, not I, a doctor. I speak from experience and we're only talking about the experiences i have and and you just realize that, I mean, I've had so many experiences mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I can help people. You know? Same. We're very similar. Yeah. Um, I feel like I have a never ending list of topics I could talk about. And <laughs> was, yeah. And uh, like you said, well, yeah, I do have that disclaimer in my podcast. Where I'm like, I'm not a doctor or a therapist. It's just based on my own research. Yeah. And what I talk about is my own opinion and my own experience. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you didn't really know what you're going to talk about. And yeah, same. I, I just... I knew I had so much stuff in my brain. So what I did is the first 10 episodes of my podcast is I just shared my story. It was kind of yeah. like an audiobook. I was like, I literally put it in chapters. It was like chapter one. And I did 10 chapters of my life. And then from there, honestly, I just, I could pick pieces out and be like, okay, that's like a topic I can actually go deeper on. And then episodes started to be more of solo episodes, but about topics of things that I went through. Like, um, like I said, we talked about imposter syndrome, self-sabotage, pe people pleasing. And then, yeah, then I started, then you guests started coming out of nowhere, like yeah. started meeting people and saying, Oh my God, you'd be great at guests on my podcast. And now I have like a never ending list of guests that I can pick from. So it's really cool. It's just, you just got to start honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, we, you had a great presentation. You had a great event. And uh, that's, you know, something that I I was asked to share. But it, it's true. Mm. Do it. Yeah. Start. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't let that imposter yes. syndrome hold you back. You know, who am I to have a book? Who mm -hmm. am I to write it? Who am I to write a book or have a podcast? Who like, are any of those other people that have it? You that's know? right. That's yeah. Right. Have you taken your 10 episodes and transcribed and put them into into writing and turn I am going to yeah I am going to write a book you you should maybe and two years from now yeah, yeah. <laughs> no you should no. just have someone just have someone yeah. take and listen to them and mm -hmm. put it to paper mm -hmm. and take those those uh topics that you have you know your your oh yeah and put it in there oh yeah you know? no definitely put, put I, your have, I have so many books in my mind like yeah. whew, that's my next uh, so once I get the podcast kind of rolling, I'm like, okay, the next thing is a book for sure. I'm there. I'm there yes, with you. Cause yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> how do I just focus this crazy, these ideas into yeah. one thing yeah. that we can complete? Yeah. You know? So what so. kind of people do you have on your podcast? Um, so I, I have, it's a faith-based podcast. I try to have people of faith, um, on there uh, and it, you know, it, it doesn't matter so much um, what faith I'm Christian. I'm a Jesus follower and, and mostly it's that, but um, uh, you know, I think that it's super important because while people put their identity in themselves mm -hmm. or in what they do in what they do, mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's pretty good to have an identity of being a, a, a loved, uh, someone who you know my identity is that god loves me mm, right yeah that's a huge yeah. identity so yeah. so i look at people who have uh are doing something good mm. or helping somebody um i've had you know uh hallie on from no blues mm -hmm. news she actually did my first interview because i just knew she would be a great interviewer yeah. for me you know yeah. and my first podcast was me yeah to 
kind of describe what this is all oh, so be she about. interviewed you for yeah. your podcast that's yeah. cool so she interviewed me on my first yeah. episode of, it was kind of hey this is what i'm going to do yeah and i've had someone who had a you know a journey from military uh, uh that battled um you know weight and ended up becoming a great fitness coach and mm -hmm. and can just help people there um and i've had uh, congressman Stuby on and you know i mean we ask about things like well, why did you want to become a how did you know when did you know and mm -hmm. what was the struggle there mm -hmm. nick walenda talked about fear we've got the resilient retreat and it's really started to evolve into places that help people or people that are inspirational so that we can help that one person mm -hmm. that might hear it right that can take uh, something away and help them not feel alone uh not feel desperate know that people have been there mm -hmm. and uh and we care mm, yeah you know yeah it's good um i've had a couple men on my podcast i would say they typically are and the younger, you know, whatever, younger, however, whatever you consider young. But yeah. um, what's a piece of advice you would have for a younger man who maybe feels alone right now? Uh, that's good. I think I've never been one to be afraid to share what's on my sleeve. Mm. I wear my I, I share. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's more of a, a female trait to do so. But it, but that's just what's perceived. And I think that men need other men to share yeah, with. Yeah, definitely. Right. And they need other men to let them know it's okay. Like we've got you. Mm. Uh, brotherhood is a very important thing, you know, and to bottle up. I think a lot of men practice this bottling up. Um, I think yes. women can too. Oh, yeah. You know, women it's, can too. It's, uh, it's just that. They just do it for different reasons. They're expected to not cry. They're yes. expected to not have emotions. They're expected to be the strong one all the time. And uh, sometimes we're not. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, uh, yeah. we still have to be a man. Right. You know, we still have to be strong. We have to do the hard things. So don't, you know, Jordan Peterson. Do you know uh, Jordan Peterson? I love him, yeah. I think men have gotten a bad rap. Um, and I think that it, it came, uh, did you see his thing where someone said it's a, that was a woman talking and she, it's okay to be a man. And, oh, and he's like, what do you mean? It's okay, okay to be a man. It's crucial to be a man. We, the world needs men as it needs women. Right. It's so important because Sometimes men are going to do jobs that women don't want to do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they're not capable of it, but they don't want to do it, mm -hmm. you know, um, and women will do things that men don't want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. we, we are yin and yang. We need each other. Mm -hmm. And to know to know that it's OK to be a man, that you have to be strong, but you also need to be able to access your emotions, mm -hmm. that you need to be able to soothe yourself without getting angry. I think anger is just so rampant mm. in the world a waste of energy is what it, it is a waste of energy <laughs> you know and it's so important to self-recognize so the the thing that i have to say for any man or woman mm. is that it's okay to have emotions it's okay to share them with mm. people that you trust yes definitely don't be a victim fight through it be strong and share, but be open, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I love that you said you always shared. I think that's so powerful because it's like, to me, I just see you as like so light and airy whenever you share, because you don't weigh yourself down by everything you're carrying in your freaking body and your mind. Yeah. Um, I, I bottled everything until it was like here until I was like 30 years old, you know? I didn't share anything. Until so the top comes yeah, off. Yeah, until the lid blows off. So it's like, just share, just like be like open all the time. It's so powerful. You know, um, and even today, I still tend to take a lot on the shoulders mm -hmm. and not share some of the struggles with my wife. Yeah, Because of course, I yeah. want everyone to feel 
you know, hey, we got this, yeah, you know, yeah. but, but we do. And, and she recognizes that and she'll tell me, hey, we're in this together mm-hmm. and you need that friend and you need that person in your, your, your relationship in your life. That's going to say that to you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Throughout your life, what has been something you really, um, uh, what's, what am I saying? Like correlate or I don't know the word correlate to like the, your strength and like how I've gotten through things and I don't know. I can't think of the word. No, that's a good question. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you it's faith. And I didn't even know Mm. it was faith because um, I grew up Catholic and I just always knew about Jesus Mm -hmm. and always knew about God. And like I grew up like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, you know, when you grow up like that, right? Just like you grow up where there's not emotions in Mm -hmm. your house and you don't know emotion, Mm -hmm. right? You don't know something's different. You don't know people don't know. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. That there was, right? right? So so for me, I just, I, I don't know, I wouldn't say take it for granted, but it was uh, something that was just always in the background, mm-hmm. right? Um, and when I started going through the traumas of the fire department, you know, for instance, I knew that somehow, whether it was experiencing so many uh, it, it's, it's, a uh, it's spiritual, whether I experienced so many fa- so many deaths, mm. passings of people, I became to know what someone needed to hear mm. to pass on. Wow. Right. Yeah. And it's extreme empathy and I will call it a gift from God. Mm. And you just don't know what's happening until you're like, did that really just happen? Mm. You're like, oh, that's just a coincidence. It's very easy to pass things that really are spiritual yeah, or with the coincidence, yeah. as coincidence, yeah. right? And uh, I would just know um, different situations that, you know, here, here's a woman, she's 90 years old, she's 90 pounds, 80 pounds, mm-hmm. and you know, she's suffering and as as um she she's not necessarily dying right there but you know she's in she's suffering and we need to transport her and a lot of people just take the sheets up put her on a bed and it's very clinical mm-hmm. you know and and i just knew right away like this woman needs contact and uh and i i'm like guys step aside mm-hmm. and you know i was always big strong you know and uh and um i just grabbed her up and lifted her like a man would carry mm-hmm. a woman and i turned her over and I put her on the bed and she says, you know, I haven't been picked up like that since I was 20 years old. And uh, it just, it just heals people. Mm. And it wasn't a nasal cannula. It wasn't an IV. It was the contact, the doing something that they hadn't had happen Mm. in such a long time. And, and those are the things that you can't teach in yeah. fire academy and that was what i love to teach in fire academy yeah. everyone can teach you how to tie a rope or climb a ladder mm. or you know do that stuff but i wanted to teach people how to be a person mm. who are you supposed to be here mm. right and so we you know there's been times where um you know somebody would need to pass and i would ask them if they're afraid and they would say yes and i would hold their hand and i would just say it's okay you've done good you know I'm here with you. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know. Wow. And uh, and unfor- you know, sometimes they would go. You know, and uh, I got the opportunity to be a stand-in for so many families while their loved ones were dying and died mm-hmm. without them there. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people, again, would sit there and go, "Well, poor me. I was exposed to all that. Why was I the person? Mm-hmm. Why did it have to happen to me?" And uh, to answer your question is, it took me a very long time to realize that I knew God had me there at those moments to be that person for Mm. that family right there to be the stand-in when their family couldn't be there, to love and care for that person and not just stick them with an IV or give them a a face mask, you know, and like, uh, then I realized that faith had always been there every step of the way. And I could sit there. It was like dominoes, just brew. <laughs> could see my whole life, mm-hmm. you know, behind me. Yep. I feel the exact yeah. same. Yeah. Like you said, you, in the beginning, you might be take it for granted or you don't 
you're not aware if that's really what's happening. But yeah. if you talk to my grandma, man, she will tell you. She's like, your steps are ordered by the Lord. And she's like, yeah. she loves she loves when I update her on my life because it, she could see everything happening from yeah. like a different perspective, different lens than I do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. She was like, oh, my God, you not realize. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, my boyfriend calls. Here he says, uh, coincidences are just God's way of staying anonymous. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, there probably isn't really a coincidence, you know? Right. Um, oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't believe in coincidences. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we'd talked about that manifestation, you know, um, of, of these. You have a thought, you have a, a path, and, you know, God will bring you to mm -hmm. that path. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, um, yeah. And people can call it the universe and mm -hmm. call it, hey, I put it out there for the mm -hmm. universal. I mean, if you're going to believe in that, <laughs> you might as well believe that God did it. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah. Oh, that is a good zinger to end on. That is yeah. great. <laughs> awesome. Well, tell people how they can find you, your podcast, anything that they need to know about you. Where can we find it? Well, uh, my podcast is on Spotify, YouTube and Facebook. Um, it is Fire Up Your Life. Uh, you can search it by Fire Up Your Life or Fire Up Your Life with Tony Fitzgerald. Uh, I don't have a website for it yet. We're in development. Mm -hmm. um, it will be Fire Up Your Life with Tony Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. And uh, if anyone needs, uh, you know, if anyone needs anything or needs connected to resources, please go look at my podcast. I've got lots of resources for compassion fatigue, for uh, post-traumatic stress, anything that might be happening in your life. Just uh, reach out. Know that. You are not alone, and there are people here like Kayla and myself and all of our guests that really care about mm -hmm. you, even if we haven't met you yet. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs>